Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Sports Honchos, ladies and gentlemen. Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, coming from the Go Sports Media Company studios in New York. And let's welcome aboard our honcho from Maryland, Mr. Robert Cuny. Rob, how you doing, pal? Greetings and salutations, everybody. I am doing well. Hey, it was quite a week of bombshells for our local teams. We have lots of stuff to discuss this week. So I'm good. I'm ready. I'm poised. I'm on the brink. How about yourself, Mr. Cuthbert? I'm good. The snow's melting. A little nice temperatures out there in the air. You know, so we had, uh, we had 60 degrees today. I saw a lot of nut jobs wearing shorts. I mean, it wasn't that hot, but it was nice nice to see the sun after what seemed like weeks and uh, some melting. I'd rather have the standing water than the ice sheets that were all around my neighborhood. That's yeah, good, man. It's safer. Yeah. It's safer to have a little water going into your grass and your trees and yep. getting ready for the, the spring buds that are going to be uh, popping on the uh, the agriculture here around our living quarters and so on and so such. But Soon hey, buddy, enough. I tell Soon you, enough. this show, show episode 21, and uh, I want to start off real quick before we get into uh, the official cold open here. The official, we, yes. We want to thank everybody. The The listenership is, is really starting to go up on the show here, and we really appreciate it. So uh, for everybody out there who's downloading uh, during the week, we know the shows have been a little long uh, these last couple of weeks, but there's just so much to talk about. We're only here once a week. So, right. you know, we, we just enjoy talking about this stuff. But just wanted to uh, tip a cap uh, to everybody who's been uh, hanging out with us here at the Honchos, and we, uh, we really look forward to growing this thing and continue on into the long-term future as this wild, yes. crazy world of sports continues, and I, I COVID echo, I echo everything you said. I just wanted to have a little true confession now. The reason our listenership is going up is because I've been telling people on Twitter that I'm leaving the show. So that's probably why the <laughs> that's probably why the listenership is going up. So no. don't tell anyone but, I'm still here. You, what's the matter with you, huh? What's, what's the matter you? What's what's the matter with that, huh? I'm still here. <laughs> Poor Rob. Are you not no, loved? No, I am loved. loved. It, it, it gives you us much. You need another fruit basket no, no, from God, the Sports no. Honchos, Go Sports no. Media, front office. Is that what Please, you need? No, no. The, I'm not allowed in the front offices anymore. They're is it the tired Baltimore of... Oriole abuse that I give you every week? Is no. that what it is? No, because pretty soon they'll be heaping their own abuse on me. So really, it's just piling on at this point. Now, the, the, the uptick in listenership gives myself and Paulie, as my people would say, much nachis, much joy. So we thank you. So hey, fantastic. It, we're the we're the little engine that could here, and we're just going to keep on chugging away for you. So thank absolutely. you, absolutely, absolutely. So what's on your mind, Mister Cuny? 
So should we, we, should we officially, about, so let's, officially let's, let's open the show? Here. Do you know, as we officially open the show, what today is the anniversary of what event happened today, many moons ago, back when you and I were graduating from college? Okay, not maybe not – we weren't that old, but it was a while ago. The, it's a forgotten anniversary. The 1983 Baltimore Orioles were preparing for pitchers yeah, and catchers. It always, it always <laughs> comes back. To the black and orange. No, today is the anniversary, the 41st anniversary of one of the more forgotten events in sports history because it had the misfortune of coming two days after the Miracle on Ice U.S. over Soviet Union uh, hockey game. Today is the day that the U.S. beat Finland 4-2 to to actually win the gold medal. People seem to forget, you know, the movie Miracle aside, that winning that game – against the Soviets, although one of the great achievements in sports history, actually netted us nothing. You see what I did there? Netted us, talking Excellent. about hockey. Well done. It, it gave us nothing. I mean, it, it gave us national pride and a victory over the Soviets they can never take away, but they still had to go out. I almost said we. They had to go out and beat Finland two days later, today, 41 years ago, to win the gold medal. So I was doing a little research because, you know, I have no life. And... First of all, we've all seen the movie, I hope. I hope you've all seen the movie Miracle, with Kurt Russell's great performance as Herb Brooks. And amongst the many speeches he gave, the best speech he gave during that Olympic run was the one he gave to his team when they were down 2-1 going into the third period to Finland, when he said to them, and I quote, if you lose this game, you will take it with you to your fucking graves. And then he started to walk away, and then he walks back into the locker room and says, you're fucking graves. And then they went out and won four to two. That is inspirational. Not a part of the movie Miracle. I mean, there are some great speeches in the movie Miracle. We can recite them in the third hour of tonight's show. But that one is great. So just I, I just found it curious that because they played the Olympics then in a round-robin sort of format, the U.S. team was going to play Finland anyway regardless of what happened against the Soviets. And had Finland beaten the U.S. by at least two goals and Sweden and the Soviet Union had tied that year, the Americans would have gotten zero medals. If they had tied the Soviets in the standings, they would have gotten the silver medal because of the goal differential. So beating Finland and beating them convincingly uh, was not only nice for the U.S., but necessary. I didn't realize that so much hung in the balance. So happy anniversary, not the miracle on ice from two days earlier, but still a very important. Yes. Yeah. Go back to Finland. You bums. I mean, it certainly would not have country. It wouldn't have taken away from the victory two days earlier. The miracle on ice still would have been the miracle on ice. But can you imagine you beat the Soviets, you end their dominance, it's the greatest upset in Olympic history. And then two days later, and, you know, wah, 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 you come away with zero medals to show for it. Although if you ask anyone on that team, if they said, would you take that? Would you take being the Soviets and still coming away with no medals? I'm sure all of them, to a man, would say yes, because that was, that was the mountaintop. It's weird to say that was the mountaintop when they win the gold medal two days later, but seems to me. If that had been the circumstance, we wouldn't be talking about the miracle on ice as, you know, just something meh. 
No, but that's just one man's humble opinion. Won. It's very important that they won. You know that. Yeah. And speaking of that win, uh-huh. everybody put no actually put no you can't put your hands together. You're not supposed to. No. Take your hats off. It's hard to believe, actually, Rob. It's been that long. 41 years. Did you watch the game? Um, I recall watching it when they televised it. So it was on like three or four hours earlier. It was on tape delay so people could watch it in prime time. A local news anchor here uh, in D.C. that during the 5 o'clock news when the game was still going on, or the game was already over, but it was going on tape delay in Washington, D.C., you know, during a commercial, comes back from commercial or going into a commercial and they're doing a news break. And she says, and the U.S. has defeated the Soviets four to three, more at 11. <laughs> Brutal. But I do remember people from what I've been told that, you know, on the highways around the city, um, when the U.S. won, you know, cars are pulling off to the side and flashing their lights and honking their horns. And just it was a total. I mean, you know, we're in the heart of the Cold War at that time. So beating the Soviets is on the ice is like beating them on the battlefield, you know. I mean, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I was eleven, so I don't really call that kind of fervor, but I do remember, you know, watching the game, understanding it's the Olympics, but not really understanding the the true tenor of it, what it meant to the country, what it meant to sports. Um, so I don't know. Did you? Do you remember yes, watching it? I remember watching it. You know, obviously on the tape delay, like everybody else, but we watched it as if it was live because we. My dad was very good back then, just making sure that we um, we didn't know any of the scores or whatever. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Craig, Baker, Christian, Johnson, Ruzioni, Morrow. You know, the names I, go I, on and on. It's just... I, um, I, I heard a Ruzioni talk about on a podcast, talking about the, the Miracle on Ice. It was, you know, the last few days said the joke on the team was, and and still is, you know, for a man who never has to buy another meal again... In the United States, the joke was, you know, I don't know. I, 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 poor old Mike, I believe, was, um, he was selling like his stuff, his well, metal jersey. Well, that's but sad. the joke, the joke was three inches in either direction, and he'd be painting bridges today. <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke his teammates still tell him out 41 years later. Three inches in either direction, and you'd be painting bridges. So that's why it's a great 41 game. years ago. Hats off. It's a cool game, yep. that ice hockey, because that's how close it can get. How many how many times do our favorites ring the posts? I yep. mean, uh, what's his nose yep. in uh, 94 on Vancouver? Uh, La Fla something. <laughs> um, you know, he just, I think he hit the post or just missed the post. Yeah, it was, he hit the post. Richter was way off on the other side. He had him clearly beat. It was right there at the end. Could have tied the game, and who knows what happened. But uh, dink, there's the range there's is gone. Nothing, there's nothing more. And this one will last a lifetime. And it is lasting a lifetime, unfortunately. If you're a fan of the team that's losing in a playoff game, or certainly a Stanley Cup Finals game, and you hear, you see what looks like it's going to be a tying goal, and all you hear is the clang off the post. That sound will live with you forever, just like. Astros fans will listen, will hear the clang of the Howie Kendrick home run off the foul pole for the rest of their lives. That and, you know, them pounding on trash cans. But we won't get into that. No. Um, 
One more thing for you before we open up the seal on the sportsy sportserton part of today's show. I have a I have a quick poll that I want to run by you that I saw on Twitter this week. You read, I'm sure, this weekend about the airline, the the flight from Denver to Hawaii that where the engine blew up on the wing and it had to do an emergency landing in Denver. I did. Okay, so the poll was, and let me give credit to uh, 97.3 The Game's Steve Zabin, uh, who also does a podcast. The poll was this, and I find it interesting because I want to know what you would do, and I will tell you what I will do. The, they said, if, if you were on the plane, this is the poll, and I quote, if you were on that airplane with a blown-up engine sitting on the window side, what would you have done? Choice one, keep filming, because, you know, people were taking video. of Keep filming money shot. Two, lower the shade and put on Netflix. Three, say a million Hail Marys. And here's the one that I would have chosen, and I wonder what you would have chosen. Vomit and shit your pants. <laughs> of course, I would have done probably done all four of those I in combination. I think a fifth one or a sixth one you could add there, too. But Twitter only gives you four that choices. That also well, involves bodily fluids. Well, that's vomiting. <laughs> okay. Uh, perhaps it was good that one was not included. So anyway, I, I chose I door number the- four. The three mile club, the four. What is it called? The Mile High Club. The not mile that I would High Club. Yes. It. There you go. So, um, so yeah, I chose four. What would you have chosen? I guess it all depends on who was with me on the plane. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But they landed safely. And nobody was harmed. It's it's a miracle that happened. Um, my other question, and then we can move on to the sports. Is let's say you were on that flight. You know, the engine blows, you land safely, huzzah, huzzah, everybody's fine. Would you, feeling like now, okay, the odds of this happening again are almost in, are almost nothing, almost nil, would you get right back on an airplane or would you be like, all right, I'm good, that's it for plane travel, I'm, I'm going to take the train from now on? Well, that's, you know, until you experience something like that, it really comes down to it. I, I, I remember as a just the only way I can compare to this. Now I've, I've obviously flown quite a lot in my life and um, it is the safest way to travel. There's no doubt about it. Uh, unfortunately, when it's a catastrophe, it's the worst <laughs> that you can. Have. Right. But, um, um, I probably would, it would probably take me a little while, but I, I probably would. Um, I remember as a kid, 14 years old, going out on a fishing trip with my, uh, my dad and some cousins. And it was beautiful. when we left the harbor here in Point Lookout on Long Island, and then uh, the stormy skies came in. Uh, the boat lost power. Um, we were floating aimlessly in waves. I had terrible um, seasickness. I remember sharing a bucket with an old woman. Um, <laughs> and that's not a euphemism for something. No, and I, I really, at that young age, I thought I was dead. I thought I was dying. Um, and then there was this huge oil tanker that the, the, the fishing boat was drifting towards. So it it really kind of looked like you know, and then uh, my cousins had seen that the, the the crew of the ship were sneaking life jackets behind their backs, so we made it back, um, and it was a wild, it was not a wild. I don't know how to how you say that. It was a weird summer that year. There were a couple of fishing boats that went down. Uh, you know, public uh, fishing boats, one in Jersey, and, and you know, guy people lost their lives and stuff. But anyhow, whatever, got back to the port. I got off that boat, and I literally got down on my hands and knees, and I kissed the concrete. I French kissed it, and wow. I swore on my life wow. I would never, ever get back on a charter fishing boat 
ever again. And I have stuck and to you? that to this day. You stuck now, to it? I'll go out right. in the boat. I'll go jet skiing. I'll go out here in the, in the, in the, in the small inlets and stuff like that. But I am not going out in the ocean unless it's a like a multi million dollar yacht with right. three boats attached to it for escape pods. Uh, this is the part of the show now where Paul's going to play the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Because <laughs> 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 that's a pick me up when talking about this. I, I actually would would get on get back on the plane rather quickly, despite my fear of flying. If something like this were to happen, I survived it. I'm like, I'm going to play the odds for once in my life. I'm going to play the odds and say, all right, well, I, I, I don't want to say I dodged a bullet, but the odds of that happening twice, pretty small. So look, it's uh, you know, you got to keep yourself busy on, I tell you what, man, even through COVID and, you know, all you hear all the anti-maskers and all the political guardian this past year. I mean, some of the stories up in the air uh, this past year has been unbelievable to read. Because yeah. for me, it's always been about, you know, where you're sitting. If you're traveling with your family, that's one thing. But if, you know, you're going to fly by yourself, no big deal. But you're basically, when you get on that plane, you don't really want to interact with the rest of the humans that you're compacted with on that, you know. It's a cigar box in the air with wings on it. You know what I'm saying? Even without COVID, you don't want to do that. You know, and then people, you know, and for the most part, once everybody gets locked in and they got their headphones on and their iPads or phones and they're, you know, you're busy reading a book or whatever, most of us all just want silence because we just, and, and, and we don't want to think about the flight. We just want to get there, you know? Right. And I would just, you know, this story's, you know, crazy. Thank God everybody's okay. But it must have been absolutely terrifying it's it's hard to believe that uh, we didn't hear about anybody having a heart attack on that plane and credit to the crew and, and the stewardess and stuff i mean those guys go up and down i've got friends and family we have had a plane discussion airline discussion on the show before uh we we were uh we would ask all of you to flip back a few episodes and that was wonderful open to the show so, but, oh, yeah, it was really yeah. civil and cordial and Look, you know, those, good times. Those guys and gals go up and down every day, a few days a week. You know what I'm saying? They're they're riding those planes like, you know, we would ride in our cars every day. You know, it's when you think about it, you know. But uh, long story short, yeah, I would I would I would get back up there. But man, um, human beings forget about engines going. It's it's just dealing with intoxicated humans or people who won't comply people who just don't give a shit about anybody else except themselves you know it's just it's just brutal it's the same it's the same people that bring a two-year-old into a movie theater you know those people you know those folks rob i do how could i how could i i've been all worked up rob back in the good old days we went used to go to the movies i remember people not only not only were they bringing a child to a movie that was not child friendly but bringing them at all, especially the ones that are in the, you know, in the in the baby seats, and they're not going to stay quiet the whole time. And then when the baby starts crying in the movie, and then they say, "Well, I'm just going to leave it. No, maybe no one will notice that my baby is crying." You know, so, buddy. Uh, I know we're going to yes. talk about it a little later on the show, but this COVID thing and this social distancing, there's some pluses to it. You know, having six rows between me and other people at a movie theater. Or a sporting yeah. event, or a restaurant, or not a bar. I think seat. I'm down with this. Yeah, not having the middle, keep middle the capacity. seat being taken out. Keep the, pa- keep the capacity restrictions, yeah. Rob. I'm down with it. And and before we end the uh, the flight portion of today's program, I strongly urge all of our Honcho's listeners, if you want to find out about the best example, the king 
of airline etiquette, or I should say violating airline etiquette, I urge you to Google the name Gerard Finneran, F-I-N-N-E-R-A-N. That guy is the king of airline malpractice. Gerard Finneran, I hardly urge you, Google him, and I will just say, after you read about Mr. Finneran, you'll never order drinks from the drink cart again. <laughs> and I'll just I'll just leave it at that. That's it? That's, how, that's all you got? Yeah. That's it? Oh, no, there, there's more, but I want people to discover it on their own and not distract from, you know, the pile, the bag of sports that we have yet to open. All right, man. Well, let's break out you... of this this little airline segment. Oh, there we go. Jet Airliner by the Steve Miller Band, everybody. Sing it, baby. Grab to the post. Did you notice? I've been listening to Steve all week. Funny. It's funny you should say this stuff. Yep. I gotta add this one to the set, man. I think I'm gonna play this on Friday night, my live show. Yeah, but make sure you play the extended guitar intro version, not the one that just goes right into the vocals. The one that has like thirty to forty seconds of just them, you know, I ain't the rhythm. No solo guitars. jam band guy. I sing the songs, man. All right. Well, you got is just you and a, and a guitar, or do you have other people playing with you, or are you playing at the, on the subway platform with your <laughs> no. guitar case open, no, no. asking people to chuck dollar on, bills in? Are you, are you making fun of me on air right now? Because no, I'm just wondering what, what the concert's like. No, it's, it's By the way, if I, show at a very if I could scale venue here on Long Island, okay. I've tried standing on the subway the platform. Format, and I'm one of them, okay. I've Jerk. tried standing on a platform with an accordion, and all I get is you know arrested. So I say, if you are trying to make money that way, guy gesund. Guy all gesund. Right. Guy right, gesund. So I don't have any intro music for this segment that we're going to do, but. Um, Let's talk about the biggest story, obviously, All in the right. last 24 hours, and that is, and thankfully enough, he's okay, and that's Mr. Tiger Woods. El Tigre. From the indeed. air, we go to accidents yep. in the air to yes, crashes to accidents on the ground. On the ground. What yeah, segue, the biggest Rob. story. We, we normally don't start the show, Graham, with a golf story, but this isn't a golf story. This is an athlete. Uh, it's a personal story. This is the biggest sports story of the week was, of course, the car accident that Tiger Woods got into yesterday morning out in Los Angeles. And I had three thoughts when this, when the news broke across my phone, like it did for most people, it just said, you know, Tiger Woods involved in serious car accident in Los Angeles. My first thought was, you know, here we go again, a little over a year after learning that Kobe Bryant died in Los Angeles, a superstar athlete, uh, international celebrity in his forties dies horrifically. I thought the same thing for which because there was no news about his condition or what happened. It just said he was involved in a car accident and I was bracing myself for, you know, the, the, the worst news to come that indeed he didn't survive it. Then once that was cleared up that he did survive and he was in surgery, my second thought was, is this another given, you know, the problems he's been having with his back and the painkillers he's on, the surgeries he's undergone. Is this just like what happened in Jupiter, Florida four years ago where he was found on the side of the road, you know, asleep in his car with his wheels damaged and his turn signal on, and he had to be woken up. He didn't know where he was in Jupiter, Florida, but thought he was in Los Angeles. So he was, you know, whacked out on painkillers. And we've all remembered the infamous mugshot of Tiger Woods from that incident. So I, that was my second thought. Then my third thought was, and this is the one where, you, as a sports fan, you feel slightly guilty about letting your mind go here was, are we ever going to see him play golf again? Actually, the bigger question is, are we ever going to see him walk normally again? 
with the compound fractures and the injuries to his ankles and all this other leg inch, actually injuries similar to what Alex Smith went through. And we'll be talking about him later in the showgram too. And we all know what Alex Smith went through just to get back on his feet again, just to walk again. So it's a lot going on. There's the information is coming out more now. He was not under the influence. He was not impaired. Uh, I don't know if he was speeding or not, but there are no criminal charges against him. We've seen pictures of the car. It's a miracle he survived. Um, nobody else was hurt. There were no other accidents. And no other no other damage from cars that were part of it. Nothing. Even the golf clubs were saved, apparently, according to the sheriff's department that he had in his trunk. So, you know, I wish him a speedy recovery. But then the question becomes, once this all settles down, is have we seen the last of him? At least competitively. I mean, obviously, he's going to play if he can walk. But, you know, the... The the time to – I hate to say this because his last name is Woods, but I'm going to say it and I'm going to apologize in advance. <sighs> We're not out of the woods yet in this story. I'm sorry, America. I was trying – I was racking what's left of my brain for another way to say it, but – I'm getting something in the air from I know, the office. I know. I I'm want probably going to be fired mid-show. written apology <laughs> and it needs to be – um. I'm sorry. I just anyway. This be a public stamp yeah. on it too. I, I, it's over for me. I know, but at least until the end, of, I'm here until the end of this show, at least. So, and I, a speedy recovery. Um, and I'm just glad this is not another instance of his. You know, over the last ten years, his somewhat self-destructive behavior. You know, but certainly, I was not prepared for 2021 to start out the way 2020 did, with losing another. <laughs> beloved uh, celebrity athlete. When's the last time you thought of Tiger Woods before yesterday? Thought of him? Yes. Well, every time they talk about golf on TV, I think about him. Well, I do mean, you, I don't do you watch a lot of TV him. then? Do I watch With golf commercials TV? on it? Well, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio and podcasts <laughs> not named the sports honchos. You do? Talk, I know, it's shocking. <laughs> I like to keep... Sometimes I like to know what the lesser shows <laughs> are saying about these topics. And I can say, hey, man, my opinion's better. And that's what we want all of our listeners to do. Now, I, I don't – when I say beloved, I don't mean people talk about him all the time. But people know him as he's gotten older and wiser and slightly paunchier. Uh, people have come to respect his place in the sports universe more. Um, and some of the criticisms and complaints about him when he was a younger player – are pretty much gone sort of like what LeBron James has gone through now that he's an elder statesman in the NBA. Um, I don't know that the, well, maybe it would be if the worst had happened to woods, I'm, I'm fairly certain the outpouring of emotion and support and prayers and thoughts would have been roughly the same. I would probably put him and Kobe in the same stratosphere. He's not dead, Rob. I know. He's not dead. Not, not yet. yet. Well, yeah, not yet. But, so. Hey, for his kids, I'm glad he's okay. That's all that matters. For his family, it's all that matters. You know, and, they and, ruled out all it, the stuff. He wasn't drunk. It was an accident. There's not going to be any charges. No, thank goodness. Um, and, you know, I really, who knows if he's really and, thinking about golfing right now. But, well, if, if it is the last time, if the last time he played was when he played uh, a round of golf with his son, that's kind of a cool way to go out if you're, Golfing career ends with a round of golf with your son. That's, you know. Hey, man, if, if he ends up 
watching his kid in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, that's fine too. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's okay. Yep. He's alive. You know, we still don't know exactly what happened, what caused it. You know, right. but at the end of it, all, no one it else matter. is hurt. That was important too. It's just is what Tiger, could have been a terrible Tiger, story. Turned yeah, out okay. I mean, look, I okay. absolutely agree with you and and how everybody else has been talking about Tiger as far as his impact not only on the game of golf but sports, sports marketing. You know, his deal with Nike, um, just everything that he's uh, been involved with and and his accomplishments and everything else. And he's up there with Trailblazers. You know. Um, Amongst African American athletes, um, you know LeBron and Williams sisters, and you yep. can go on and on and on. So yes, it's a, it's you and obviously LeBron there who we lost. But hey, he's okay. You mean Kobe? We didn't lose LeBron. I said LeBron, didn't I? Yeah, I was LeBron. Thinking, uh, I was America. Thinking, we didn't just break news. I was thinking Bryant, the and there was a <laughs> Bron in there, and that's right. why I said that. So anyway, LeBron James still alive. Don't panic. We won't. Yes. If we were going to break news, we would tell you. So did you just hear of the honchos? LeBron is <laughs> yeah. dead. Can you imagine? No. Actually, no, folks, it's not true. No, no. Paul is no, just don't an want, idiot. We don't want, He's old. We don't want, getting old. We don't want. We don't want that At kind of publicity. Times of the day, most of the day, he can't really yeah. put words together. Sometimes, for a second or two, I'd be kind of thrilled to see our podcast mentioned in social media as breaking news that wasn't true just for a second i'd be like hey that's kind of cool that's our show and then we'd be done but for a moment uh, our yeah. star was the guy driving her. he happens to have us live on his twitter feed yeah on the phone pulls over in front of a, a local news yep local news channel runs what? in lebron He's- the guys on the hot just, just said lebron died <laughs> again It'd be a nice run for a few minutes. Oh, man. Anyway. So, so look, he's okay. Uh, we move on. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's going to move on. He'll get healthy. Uh, unfortunately, people get in car accidents every day in this country all over the world. Yes, it's on another level because it's Tiger. I, you know, I'm, let me just take the side of some of the reporting yesterday. He might as well have died the way they were talking about him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was. It's, it's like, think. really, folks? Come on. You know? There's a there's just a terrible part of media that just grabs onto things and and you know it's like the folks that set up all the American Idol and the and the voice you know the the backstories to the singers and you know yeah. I always think back of the great Sam Kinison skit when he he when will he be did, missed he did the skit about them doing the the starving children in Africa and he says he's always pictures a guy behind the camera don't feed him yet don't <laughs> feed him yet. <laughs> just to draw out the drama. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Ugh. He was he was he was great. There were some bits I wish we could talk about here, but he was he was great. That'll speaking be of car accidents. Yeah, speaking of taken, you know, taken by car accident too soon. Sam Kennison. Great in the movie Back to School, by the way. As a guy who teaches US history. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could get away with that at our school system. <laughs> Buddy, last day of school, walk in with the trench coat and hat, buddy. Get along yeah, that way. I, I think and if you walk into a screaming and shouting. Yeah, if you walk into a school in our district wearing a trench coat, you will be asked to leave immediately and not return. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not really a good look. <laughs> yeah, plus it, it violates the terms of my probation <laughs> to wear a trench coat. Sorry. <laughs> Surprised yeah, I can still uh... get to school. <laughs> Too much. Hold on one second. Oh, no, wait, lovely. hold on. Hold on, everybody. 
Should we do, let's see, do I have any sports scores to read? No. Well, <laughs> he will be missed. Oh man, that was see that's back in the day. The comedians and stuff. You just went out and you you did your shows. It wasn't always you yeah. know politically correct, and people understood uh, that it was yeah, an act. Exactly. E- e- even even you know the the vilified Andrew Dice Clay. It was an act. Now, of course, you had to sit through the act and not be horrified and offended, but it was an act. Um, he did a show on Showtime a few years ago about his life you know, after the comedy success had gone away and him trying to, it was, you know, he played himself and it was autobiographical about him trying to reestablish his life and career and how much trouble he was having since the Andrew Dice Clay of the eighties didn't really fit into the Andrew Dice Clay or the comedy world of the two thousands. I will say if you've seen the movie, a star is born, the lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper version, he was, I have Robert. He was great as the Gaga's father. Yes. In a serious role. So. It was kind of, it was made for that role. Hey. Oh. It was. Hey. <laughs> okay. Oh. He wasn't quite that, that stereotypical. <laughs> but he was really good in that movie. Oh, man. Good stuff. Well, anyway, we, we went from Tiger Woods to Kid. How did we get here? <laughs> our car, our, speaking of cars, we're just veering all yeah. over the road at this point. <laughs> Mass we shouldn't be allowed here to have at a sports shows. Unbelievable. Anyway, we wish the best to Tiger. He will heal, and we'll forget about. We'll worry about all the golf stuff later, and right. just hopefully he can get healthy and walk again and, and yep. hold his kids and all that stuff because that's all right. that matters. But now, absolutely, it's time for the drums and some college sports talk. And I believe there, Mr. Cuny, we're going to talk some Ivy League. Yes. Some Ivy yes. League sports there. That's Buffy right. The and, Ivy League and, is in the news And Hunter, again, Buffy and Hunter, and we'll find out what they're doing. Right here on a sports honcho. That was an incredibly creepy voice. I just had. I got, I got a chill listening to that. Not a good chill. Hold on. I've got to put some Yacht Rock on in my yard here. All, we're all going to talk like Thurston Howell Third. Lovey. The Ivy League has decided to cancel their spring oh. season. Hold on, let me put my cigar and my shandy down. <laughs> People are turning off their, their radios all over the country now. Um, yeah, the, the Ivy League, which I think they got some smart people in the Ivy League. I don't know. I, I think I dated a girl named Ivy League back in the day. But anyway, the Ivy League, which is already... Isn't that Beyonce's kid's name? Probably. Blue or Ivy. Some, or, there you go. Thank some, you. It's some direction, See? some we stuck color. we Beyonce into the sports honchos. We did. Congratulations. No. Uh, anyway, anywho. Oh, there's the first anywho of tonight's program. <laughs> uh, the, the Ivy League, which since the pandemic has begun, were the first to cancel their fall sports. Then they canceled their winter sports. And because they are a model of consistency, have decided that they are not going to have a spring sports season. So there's really not much, you know, more to digest here. Just, you know, it's it's just when we think we're making some progress. And I have a piece of good news coming up after this. Just when we think we're making some progress, there's still, we are reminded there's still so 
much more to go, so much farther to travel. So uh, the Ivy League is out. They haven't had any sort of competitive sports now in almost a year. And, you know, I'll let you, and I say you, I mean the, the listening public, draw your own conclusions. I say if they feel it's the safest thing for their students, who am I to say no bueno? Who am I to say they're making the wrong decision? So hopefully they can get back to, you know, the business of sports, you know, when the fall comes. Interesting. You know, this, right is, now. this has been hard this, on colleges everywhere. This is affecting, right. this, hold on. This is affecting Harvard University, uh, Cornell University. I, I'm trying to get mouth, us from this voice now. College, uh, Brown University. Columbia the reading University, of the Ivy League schools. University of <laughs> Pennsylvania, Yale University, and of course, Princeton. Princeton, one of my favorites. Yikes. Um, so, <laughs> I need to bring you the bad news. You'll have to spend down. more time on the golf course or at the private clubs than watching these guys get down and dirty in a lacrosse game. When I, there, so when I think of the Ivy League, I think of two great graduates, or two great students, Only former two. students of Harvard, John F. Kennedy folks. and Jim Ignatowski from the show Taxi, oh, one of the great episodes. Great name. Jim, Reverend Jim, one of the great episodes of that show, showing what happened the first time he ate a hash brownie, how he went from being a Harvard scholar to being Reverend Jim on Taxi. Uh, I urge all of you under the age of 100 who don't know what I'm talking about to Google it and then find any episodes you can, especially the one where Reverend Jim goes to get his driver's license and he needs help on the written exam. But I digress. Got to have some Uh, taxi in your life. Yes. Uh, great theme song, too. Uh, the NCAA tournament will have fans. Oh, yes. That's right. The men's tournament, I assume the women's tournament, but this story is only about the men's tournament, will have up to 25% capacity at the men's basketball tournament all rounds, all rounds. And buried in this story, which I think is even better, are the, you know, if you recall, the, to- the tournament will be played in and around Indianapolis. So they reduce travel and it, it, it's it's almost like a bubble sort of environment. Um, the venues for the games, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, Assembly Hall, which is in Indiana, Mackey Arena, Hinkle Fieldhouse. Is there anything more Indiana sounding than Hinkle Fieldhouse and Indiana Farmers Coliseum? I bring this up because it's great that they're having fans, but the big knock against the championship game and the final four is they play these games for money purposes, of course, in these giant stadiums like Lucas Oil Stadium where the Colts play seats 70,000 people. So even when you have full stands, it, 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 the playing service, the court is dwarfed. It's cavernous. It just looks bizarre. It doesn't look like college basketball should look when every other game is played in the 15 to 20,000 seat arenas, if not smaller. But what's great about this tournament is obviously the final four we played in Lucas Oil Stadium. And they have two, you know, Bankers Life Fieldhouses, 20,000. I presume the Pacers play there. Assembly Hall in Indiana, 17,000. Mackey Arena, 14,000. But these last two, the Fieldhouse and the Coliseum, college basketball was made to be played in these arenas because Hinkle Fieldhouse, 9,100. And Indiana Farmers Coliseum, 6,800. That, especially in the state of Indiana, that's how college basketball should be played, where the fans are right not literally, of course, that'd be disturbing, where the fans are right on top of the action, especially in the hyper-frenzied uh, tournament environment. So the capacity, this 25% capacity, 
you get obviously all the participants, all the players, coaches, uh, essential staff, and six family members of each team, each participating team member and coach. Um, and all fans must wear face coverings and be physically distant during the event. Um, fans may have no in-person contact with players during the tournament, and the select family members who are allowed to watch the games will be masked and seated in physically distant family clusters throughout the arenas. And most importantly, before I run out of oxygen, on the day the teams arrive, players will undergo another COVID-19 test until participants have two consecutive tests. They will be required to remain in their rooms under strict quarantine. So is it ideal? No. Is it better than nothing? Absolutely. So good for the NCAA tournament for allowing fans and good for them for having some venues that are, you know, cozy, small, intimate arenas the way college basketball is supposed to be played. Did you read the thin writing at the bottom of that uh, column that you just read from? I'm sorry. You see the asterisk down there? What, that all this is contingent upon uh, no, them actually it, having it a tournament? Says, it says in Gaelic, except in Notre Dame. Notre Dame can do whatever the hell they want. Full capacity. Yeah, sure. That's, no that's, mass coverings. It's always been that way for Notre they Dame. They can rush the court after the game if they win. We, party you know all night, it's... party all day. Do whatever the F they want, F the fuck they want in Notre right. Dame. Okay. The, the the logo shouldn't be an N interlocking N and D. It should be an NFD. Noter fucking Dame. That's right. But yes, uh, Notre Dame aside, though them's them's the rules for the tournament. So again, so, even if it's I, empty, I'm just glad they're having the darn thing. So where, where do you where do you put this up against the Ivy League teams being a small smaller group, which you would figure that it would be easier to monitor mm-hmm. as opposed to the larger uh, family of NCAA teams, NCAA teams. What's your take on that? I mean, or, I just think that two totally different worlds, the Ivy league, the, the, what makes the Ivy league different than other division one conferences is they don't really look at, I'm speaking in broad generalities here. They don't look at, these events, the football, the basketball, as real money makers, the way you know the bigger conferences do, so they can afford, and I use that word specifically, they can afford to say, you know what, safety first. Whereas bigger schools, take your your Big Ten schools, your Ohio States, your Michigans, etc., Alabama and the SEC, whatever, they rely upon the revenue sports, basketball and football, to not only feed the rest of the athletic programs at the schools. But just to raise the, you know, the the visibility of the school and to raise money for other parts of the university and, you know, pay the exorbitant millions of dollars per year to their coaches. So for them, it'd be much more difficult. And I hate to be so cynical as to say it all comes down to the almighty dollar. But remember what the great Don Olmeyer said. The answer to all your questions is money. So I think the Ivy League can afford to do it, literally and figuratively. Um, it doesn't make their their gesture any less noble it's just it's less about I, let me not say it that way it's it's I'll, I'll be nice it's equally about safety and about the fact that you know maybe we, we're not going to take such a financial hit and we get the nice optics of we're looking out for our players and their safety and they can also pump their chest out and say see 
We're see we're so much smarter than everyone else, and significantly poor. When you say it, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have to figure it's it's primarily like I said those the Ivy League institutions, they're not financially dependent as say the rest of the uh, colleges across the country are as far as whether or or the NCAA in general as far as TV dollars and everything else. You know, I mean, you could. I'm just saying, you put. To me, I think they could have done the same safety protocols. You know, it's a small. They're smaller school bodies. You know, I think they could have done this if they really wanted to. Right. I think maybe it's more or less that hey, no. we don't have to do this, and if it is that you know, button all the well, way up to the top there, and the bow tie saying, "Hey, look, let's let's look like we're just the better people for not doing this." Fine. Well, I and I, I just I just looked up something to confirm what I thought was true. Harvard and I assume the other Ivy League schools, they don't give out athletic scholarships. OK, so the players that play for their teams do so because they've been admitted to the school and happen to be good at football, baseball, whatever, basketball. So the need to have revenue to be able to give out the scholarships is also significantly reduced, if not completely irrelevant. So, again, the money thing is not as critical to them as it is to the other major conferences. And the fact that Harvard or Harvard, the fact that the Ivy league can compete on the division one playing field, certainly not in football, but certainly in basketball uh, without giving out scholarships, you know, it's pretty impressive, but without the the financial need, it's easy for them to say, we're just going to pull up the 10 stakes and we'll see you next fall, everybody. All right. There you go. There you go. So for all you Ivy League fans out there, you know, you got nothing to watch. Sorry about yeah. that. You'll have Sorry. to watch. You'll have to get some friends and some family together. Limited, though, and go see some regular uh, college. College basketball games and other you sports. Can always, you can always YouTube all the old uh, Princeton games yes. of the 80s and 90s. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or watch movies based on, you know, uh, Ivy League sports. Now you have me thinking. Movies based on Ivy League sports. Or had uh, was around Ivy League, um, you know, centered um, institutions were involved in the movie. I believe Robin mm-hmm. Williams was in one of them. Um, what's the one? Are, with, are um, you thinking about Dead Poet Society? That was not yeah, an well, Ivy maybe. League. That was a private school for high school kids. What about the other one? The football player. The, the Jewish kid. Remember? Oh, school ties. The Brendan Fraser. Yes, that was also a, that was also a prep school, but they oh, were right. they were cons- they were gotta, probably going to go to Harvard. Up. I've got see they, they all gonna, the same. They yeah, were the same all, to me, Rob. Go to Harvard. <laughs> hey, uh, Matt. Matt. Prep uh, schools, Ivy, Ivy League schools, all the yeah. same, buddy. Yeah, Brendan Fraser playing one of my people. Uh, I don't think he is in real life, by the way. But hey. That's that's for that's for the that's for giant. the who's a Jew honcho the rabbi honchos <laughs> or the sports rabbis. There you go. Oh man, that's the show we do in Israel, folks. The sports yes. rabbis. <laughs> Too much. Um, my, yeah, my mom, is not, is, my mom is not turned off the radio. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. Didn't mean to do that. Yeah, he's playing a robot now on on HBO something some kind of show on HBO Max. Brendan Fraser, no, Brendan so. Fraser, yeah, his yeah. his career is pretty much in the tank. Yeah, so. <laughs> Not good for him. Wor- at least he's working. Right. All the all the people that work the concession stands at the Ivy League games, they don't have a job. 
They would love to be playing a robot on HBO. There you go. Or a robot in somebody's living room. Whatever. <laughs> All right. All right. It's time to go to the rinks, the hardwood, and the diamonds for a little hockey, hoops, and hardball here on the hard show. Clap your hands, Rob. Come on. Get them up. Woo! I think I pulled a hamstring. I can't clap my hands. Lots going on here on the ice. People being threatened by the governments. Coaches getting fired. Minor league ex-football players retiring. People signing for the rest of their lives. Some California baseball teams. And so on and so and forth. And so forth. Should, should we should we start with I mentioned at the beginning of the show is a week of bombshell news for our local teams. Mine will come later in the in the niffle segment. Do you want to should we start with the saga of the bread man? Should bread we have man. another episode of Uncle Paulie's Storytime Theater? Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't What's think being a, Ranger, a New York Rangers fan on this show and I got my new New York Rangers hat. Compliments it's a handsome of hat. The great folks. guys at We Bleed Blue. Um. It's on a good my head here, on my noggin, with the old New York on across the, the blue shirt. Old style New York. Yeah, baby. That's right. That's, you know, we're old guys, so, you know, yeah. used to wear New York on the jerseys years ago. It was ways back then. Yeah, the, the New York Rangers are, are having an interesting year, uh, to say the least. Uh, they've got a couple of guys out now. COVID protocols. They're getting beat up by the Flyers right now. And um, our, our Tammy Panarin, the bread man. Is also been pulled off the team for, I guess, political reasons, uh, this is, false this accu- accusations. I mean, you know, the it's whole a fascinating thing, story. It yeah, really I mean, is. at the end of the day, Rob, I've kind of learned, tried to learn one or two things when things like this happen. It alludes to going back to the Tiger Woods. You got to wait until things play out here. You know, you can all sit here and say, well, let's get behind the bread man. He didn't do this. And it's, it seems to be leaning towards the fact that this it seems to be a hip, uh, hit job. Uh, from Putin and his crew because, you know, uh, Artemi's been, you know, he was, uh, you know, getting behind the uh, one of his political adversaries over there. Not Putin. That's who he was Not supporting. Putin, yes. Not Putin. You know, I mean, I it wasn't don't know. There's, you know, most of the <laughs> hockey players, you have one of the biggest Russian hockey players. I said most of the hockey players. Most of the Russian hockey players who've been able to play and flourish in this league and have a lot of success it goes back to hey, you know, it's funny you brought up the 1980 Olympics there. I mean that you in the Soviets back then and, and all the stories and, and going into the the 80s when these guys were basically leaving teams and um, you know it, it go, even goes to McGillney's a great story up in Buffalo too in terms of uh, I can't think of the word defection is that what it is yeah yes they defected um, so you come full circle the last you know 10, 15 years Russian hot going back to the the guys in Detroit and uh, in the 90s and stuff. Um, Fedorov and all those guys. So they've had a lot of success here. So there hasn't been a lot of this going on in the NHL as far as uh, Russian players. Now, granted, I've seen a guy like Ovechkin has been a supporter of Putin or whatever, and I think most of them probably just walk the line. They just don't say nothing. And I think more than anything, that's the big thing. You really don't usually hear Russian players really say anything politically uh, off the uh, You just don't hear it. So here we are, this young kid. He says uh, something on an Instagram thing, you know, uh, Supporting an in, 
here we go, a week later or something, this story comes out. Now, from the his insane coach, former coach of this Russian team, uh, for this incident that happened in Latvia, they they played highlights of this coach. He's a nut job. He's just insane. And I, I would... Uh, um, Andre Nazarov. Yeah, I would invite anybody yeah. to look up some stuff on YouTube about this guy. Um, he's horrible. He's just a horrible... They say he's a raging alcoholic and everything. But when it all comes down to it, we got to hang out until, you know, the New York Rangers can officially come out and say, yes, this did not happen. Because we are in the days of allegations, and until these allegations are uh, proven to be untrue, you know, I, I think it's word to the wise that you got to kind of be quiet about everything and wait till it all comes out. It's the same thing with the Tony D situation that happened here in New York as well. I mean, you think of the, the PR, the non-hockey-related shit that's happened with the New York Rangers <laughs> this year. Uh, the, the, these two stories have just been crazy. And that's in and around just basic the team just struggling as a hockey club right now. And, and it's a young team. And it's a, a third-year coach, you know, and an inexperienced coach. So so all I have to say about this is we got to wait, you know. Of course, he's the best player in the Rangers. He's their biggest scorer. He's their He's the personality. He's the pop, you know, of the New York Rangers. He's, the fans love him. He's the same way like when Hank came here or when Mark Messier came here. Fans just love this kid. So nobody, nobody's buying the story that he beat up an 18-year-old girl in, in, uh, in Latvia. <laughs> no, but like I said, you can't sit here and go, oh, back the bread. And what you, you, all we can do right now is cross our fingers and hope that that didn't happen and until it fish, officially comes out as an official statement because the Rangers obviously have pulled them off the team, right? So they <laughs> have to do this investigation. So if this was like uh, horse shit, Oh, I should have put No, that. where's the drop? Damn it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> this is a load of horse shit. Um, what a load of oh, horse shit. shit. That's yes. the live version. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, they, 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 they wouldn't have pulled him off the team, right? So they, they're obviously investigating this. This guy's concerned about his family because if it is a political hit, because um, this does happen um, with Russia. Uh, God bless the Russian people. They got very courageous there the last month and, and went out in the streets and a lot of people arrested and probably will never see the light of day again. <laughs> so um, for all of us here in, in the, the greatest country in the world and hockey fans, New York Ranger fans, we just got to chill out and wait. And hopefully he gets the clear that he, he didn't do this. And and I think until I, I can speak for me as a Ranger fan, a sports fan, and a, I try to be a decent guy that, yeah, we have to wait to make sure. So all the reports from his former teammates – uh, from people who covered the team back then, from they've even got people in the hotel room that are saying this is a whole bunch of bullshit. There was an exchange with some girls that night, but they're actually going now and looking for police records. He was never booked. There were never any charges. So, look, I think what's going on here, and I think that's uh, what J.D. And, and Gorton and the Rangers organization did with Tony D. Before they came out and had a press conference and everything, uh, they took care of all the stuff behind the scenes and... This is the same thing that's going on with uh, Panarin. Unfortunately, and fans team- fans are generally supportive of the bread man. Not they don't think he's done anything wrong, right? No, I, the I fans. It the would fans- be it would be a shock. Right. And now we've had this discussion too on this show mm-hmm. about things that you do at a certain age in your life. Right? And can you be forgiven for that? Because he was you know? nineteen. If this allegedly happened, he was nineteen yes. when this happened. Yes. And, you know, no. you put young boys uh, on a sports team, if there's alcohol involved, you know, you just you put it all together. 
I mean, yeah. there's tons of stuff that people have done when they were kids that nobody knows about. And these guys are athletes, and, you know, so... Anyway, it looks like a bunch of garbage because it came out of left field, and again, it seems to be very close to, you know, Panarin having a vocal opinion on the political landscape in Russia these days. So, there you go. All right, well, good luck. I hope it turns out, you know, for the best for everyone. Um, You don't care. You're a Caps fan. You hope he never comes back. I care because he's a person. But yes, Hey, your buddy Hank is back on the ice. I saw He's that. He posted good. on his Instagram account. It was nice to see him in the in the Caps warm up sweater, taking some shots. Uh, it's it was great. I mean, again, if he never plays a second of professional hockey, what just the fact that he's made it back to the ice and, and rigorous physical activity, and he seems to be in great spirits. So you know, uh, nothing but nothing but kind words for the King. It'd be Excellent. great. Be great if he did lace it up for the Caps for a couple games next season, but. And I'm we just come in and he's... smoke them with or without Panarin. Whatever. I'm just. I would just like to see him with one. Look, the other <laughs> night we started 139 year old Craig Anderson, in a you know yet another loss. Um, so why not? He makes you know Lundqvist look like he's a rookie in terms of his age, even yeah, though that he's only on one DC, year young. Buddy, you guys were. I don't know. We've lost. Uh, we've lost now five of six to the Pens. Uh, we can't wait for Samsonov to come back. From Hershey, get his legs under him. Vanacek is playing. He's playing okay, I guess. The team is having defensive lapses, and they're so old. And eventually, it's going to catch up to him. But you know, it's a short season. We got a long way to go, but it's still a short season. So you know, hey, the collars. Look, we're still in. Is we're he still on the hot in, seat? Is he no, on the hot seat now? We're we're still in second place, you know. <laughs> really, nobody's really running away with any division except, you know, up north a piece. Um, speaking of hot seat, I hold in here my hot little hand from CBS Boston. Uh, the Canadians have said to Claude Julien, "See ya. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you." Fired. Fired with a what a nine. Five and four record in second or fourth place in the what is it the Nova Scotia yeah, North they Division? Lost three out of four of the Senators, the lowly Senators. Well, they were they had an eight two and two start in Montreal. You cannot lose yeah. to the Senators. Well, so I was thinking when I was preparing for the show, my thoughts were a couple things. Is One, that why it's so smoky in your studio there. Exactly. Well, that and you know I keep fiendishly rubbing my hands together. Um. Okay, yeah, so they start out 8-2-2, two, and two, they're 9-5-4, and four, but I look back at his career. Remember, Julian is the one who was the 2009 Coach of the Year, won the Stanley Cup with Boston in 2011, lost in the finals in 2013. So he's no, you know, he's no guy, he's no jabroni, you know, but when you, when you are the coach of the Canadians, much like being, as you like to compare them, the manager of the Yankees, uh, the, the good people of Gotham and the good people of Montreal have very high expectations. And in his three full seasons, well, since he's become coach of the Canadians, they're 129 and 123, which for Montreal is, yeah, it's six games over 500, but it's Montreal we're talking about. Um, in his full three full stick, when he came into the Canadians, they finished first in their division, lost in the first round of the playoffs. But in his three full seasons, they finished sixth, fourth, and fifth and missed the playoffs two of those three years. And in Montreal, that's that will get you to the, that's a good way to get shown the door. Plus, as I just mentioned, it's a fifty-six game season. 
And even though they're taught they're in fourth place, you know, solidly in fourth place, uh, I'm sure the front office, what's left of it, because they got rid of a couple of their guys, including Kirk Muller, um, they're panicking because with 56 games as opposed to 82, you got a quick trigger finger. So there's still time for them to, to make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs. And they probably felt, look, you've done nothing here. You've been a disappointment. Uh, this is not what I'm feeling. I don't think he's been a disappointment per se. But the high standards of Canadians fans and Canadians brass is like, you know, you haven't done enough. We only got 56 games. We're 9-5-4 and four after going 8-2-2 two and two to start the season. So see ya. See you later. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Claude will be back behind the bench somewhere at some point. I mean, just looking at his the the body of work, it's quite impressive. He just you know couldn't get it done in Montreal. Maybe go to a place where the expectations aren't so high. No matter what team they have, the expectations are always so high, and and with good reason. It's, it's part of being a Canadian. Just like I say, it's part of being a New York Yankee. You know, the idea of going years without making the playoffs if you're a Yankees fan or if you work for the Yankees is is completely foreign. They don't want to wander the wilderness like they did from 64 to 76 all those years ago. 12, 13 seasons without the playoffs? That's a Shonda. bad stuff. A Shonda. So to, to miss the playoffs two or three years in your three full seasons, again, sixth, fourth, and fifth? No. Maybe go somewhere that's a little quieter. The fans are not quite as... Their expectations aren't quite as high, but I'm sure I'll be coaching again somewhere. I hope. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Montreal's been having its problems over the last few years. They have, they've been having a, a hard time just having people sign there, having people stay there, you know. Um, it's, it's, and there is a lot of pressure to play in Montreal, yep. you know. But I think at the end of the day, this comes down to you can't fire the team. You've got to. No. You've got to fire the coaching staff. And, you know, losing to the Senators here, and I know they were overtime losses and uh, some questionable goal calls uh, here. Um, but, you know, you, you look back at this, you know, or, you know, very short season. I mean, they, a bunch of their wins. So they have one, two, three, four. They played Vancouver, you know, five times. And I think they won four out of those five so far. You know, they split here with Toronto and Edmonton a little bit. But the Senators, who are considered to be one of the worst teams in the league in these last couple of games, it was just brutal. So uh, the buzz is from a couple of guys who I knew who follow and cover the team and commentate on the team that this they're they they they're not surprised, um, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, they're kind of used to this up in Montreal in the last few years. It's you know as far as uh, coaching changes and so on and so forth. But, you know, um, in hockey, unlike most other sports, a, a midseason coaching change can very easily end up meaning, you know, the finals for that team that gets the new coach. You know, it's it's not unheard of. Well, the new seems guy like it happens in, more often in the NHL than it does in other sports. Yeah, look, um, th- look, the, the Habs aren't out of this as far as where they stand right now in the standings. No, point they're solidly in fourth. But again, Claude's, Claude's been there for the last few years. Um, they haven't gotten the results that they wanted. I don't know if the guy's gotten all the support that he needed up front as far as GM uh, Bergevin up there. Uh, this guy who's getting the gig right now, Dominic uh, Ducharme, if I do pronounce him right. Oh, correctly. It's um, a great name. <laughs> you know, and buddy of mine, Liam, up there, who, who's a uh, guy who covers the team up there, he, you know, he said this guy's got coaching experience. He's won the uh, Memorial Cup and the juniors and everything else, so um, he'll be all right, you know, as far as taking over this team. And that's it. So, 
you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Claude Julian. I've always liked him as a coach. You know, he great great success there in Boston. He had a great he had great teams in Boston. You know, and that's how you got to look at things. You know, yeah. as far as you know, uh, where teams are at, how they're playing, and you know what they've got in terms of chemistry. Um, you know, quality of players, veterans, good mix, talent, and everything else. So, I mean, you know, last week Quinn's on the hot seat. He's won two in a row out of the gate. They're losing tonight against Florida, but if they can come back in this game and, and win it or tie and get a point out of it, we'll hang on and see what happens. But it's going to swing back and forth. You know, Labs is going through some trouble right there. You know, to swing back to Montreal, you know, like I said, it's 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 that franchise, you know, and they haven't won since 93. They've been to a conference, conference uh, finals there, uh, playing some great ones against the Rangers uh, back in the 2000s. Um, but they're having a hard time of developing young players for their organization to stay with them. Um, they definitely have them, but you know it's 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 combining everything and then and then keeping veteran players. Uh, money is a huge problem as far as signing in Canada and play for Montreal, as is mm-hmm. probably for most of the Canadian teams up there. But um, look, Claude's going to bounce back; he'll be fine, you know. And it just didn't work out. And like I said, if it ain't happening on the ice and, and the guys who are up top in the, in, in, the, uh, in the offices there, and if they feel it's time for a change, you got to do it because they're probably looking at it right now. Uh, these games against Ottawa that they should have they won and looking ahead at their schedule coming up and how good and how tight the Canadian division is and how tough it's going to be. Um, and to try and build off their success last year, uh, this past summer in the summer tournament, um, this, is, this is what they got to do. So... Long story, me and you as hockey guys and anybody who is a hockey fan, and uh, they just know this. If the team's not gelling, if it's not going right, um, it, you got to change the guys behind the bench, and this is what's happening here. And Toronto did it. Um, keeps doing a pretty good job right now. That team's rolling. Took them a season or two to get going here. Maybe this is what they need. Maybe they need a younger guy, uh, you know, um, in, in the mold of like how Keith is up in Toronto and the old guard, Claude Julian, a guy like Kirk Miller too, out, and we'll see what happens, but. I wish yep. them luck up in the Montreal. I will not cry yep. any salty tears for them. It's just so odd to see Montreal not an elite team in the NHL because you know we were growing up, they were the they were the gold standard, you know. So there's there's you know. there's books, there's columns. The financial situation of the NHL plays a huge part on the impact. Like we joke that no Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. Since 1993, the Cavs were the last Canadian franchise to win the Stanley Cup. It's been all American cities since then. That's a mighty long time, and I'm here to tell you the afterlife. And and some non some weirdly non traditional hockey cities like Carolina and Dallas and Tampa and and other yeah. But beyond the Canadian country of developing players, countries like Russia, um, Czechoslovakia. The United States, Finland, are developing incredibly talented kids. The collegiate level of hockey, the USA hockey program down here has gotten much better. And all the money, uh, the, the, the lifestyle, the cities, the taxes, everything else is, is just better down here. Yeah. You know, for the most part, Montreal, Toronto, great, beautiful cities, Calgary, Winnipeg, Vancouver, gorgeous and stuff like that. But it's not like playing in Chicago, L.A., New York, Boston, you know, D.C., all that kind of stuff. But that's 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 where you can kind of look back and see where the problem is 
as far as you saying it's hard to see that the Montreal Canadiens, like I said, they got they've gotten close. They've been in the conference fi- conference finals, but they can't get over the hump, and usually they don't bounce back too well. But a lot of it has to do with um with money and keeping big time players staying up there. Yep, and attracting free agents to Montreal. Exactly. Well, that's that's yeah. tied in with the money thing. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's the problem. You got to win with your homegrown talent, and if you don't, you watch them. It, it just like the Expos, the old Expos in Major League Baseball. They would they would they would groom the talent, raise the talent, bring them up, develop them, come close, then see you know all their best players go and win with other teams, and then they became the Washington Nationals. So there you go. Well, if anything, Claude Julian and Kirk Muller now have more time yep. to manscape. Hey, and keep right. themselves looking good below the waist time. for their next interviews. Okay. They're going to get calls. They're going to need some confidence. They're going to need to strut unshafed into their next job interview <laughs> when they go to their, their next hockey game. Down. Take it away, Rob. Uh, hey, friends. Uh, support for the Sports Haunt Shows is brought to you tonight by Manscaped, who is the best in men's low-the-waist grooming, especially if you're going to a pantless job interview. Manscaped <laughs> offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know... The other night I was grooming myself south of the equator with a soldering iron and some fishing line, and I thought to myself, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I thought to myself, Rob, good Lord, there has to be a better way. They got to get you on American Horror Stories, man. You, you got to stop show. using these offbeat tools, these garden shears, your, your nail clippers, your rusty menorahs, and find a better way. And I'm here to tell you there is a better way, my friends, because Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. That's right. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer. That's right. It's not the first, not the second, but they keep improving with their third generation trimmer. Features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which, as we all know, can be very painful. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium, Paul. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And as I always tell you, if you're spending 90 minutes grooming down there, you should be using Manscaped more often. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000. That's right. 7,000 RPM with... That's fast. Quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. How could we forget about the charging stand? Show off your mower loud and proud because this. I got mine right here on my studio console. I got it right here. It's right next to my studio console. Ready to go. For a new emergency sports console manscaping. Right. So whether it's your studio console, your mantle at home, or your nightstand, you can. There's lots of places if you need that instant access the instant gratification of a nice manscaped cleaning it's right there for you now if you are listening to me speak right now and i hope you still are i am yes i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself let's get that wait for it former president george bush to tush clean that's right get 20 percent off and free shipping and oh, free yes. shipping rob with the code honchos at manscaped.com, make your testies their besties. And 
Here's the call to action, friendos. Get 20% off and the delightful and sometimes elusive free shipping. And free shipping. With with the code honchos, H-O-N-C-H-O-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code honchos. Your balls will thank you, as will myself and Mr. Cuthbert. Well done. We, well done. Thank you. Let's it's keep good, it clean it's out good there, gear folks. for your it junk. Okay? Don't, don't use a fishing line and a soldering iron, please. No. <laughs> Go for the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. They also have something called the Plow, which is fantastic. I just love the names. The Plow is the the razor for your face. That's Don't use the Plow in your nether regions, please. God help us. That a thing for you. Names. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love Anyway, those. thank you, Manscaped. Thank you for all of our fans going to manscaped.com using the code HONCHOS to get 20% off your orders and free shipping, which is my yep. favorite aspect of the whole thing. And by the way, there's... Lots of great stuff at manscaped.com besides yeah. the lawnmower. There's there's lotions and gels and deodorants. other instruments. De- you know, it's, the more, it's, the more it's you think about the products that they have at Manscaped, it explains why guys are staying in the shower for 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's something that's very important. As a, as a guy who loves hair trimmers, it's not this Mishigas with a battery where, oh, my God, the battery is slowing down and it's, you know, you might as well be using a rusty menorah to groom yourself. It's rechargeable. So every time you fire up the old lawnmower 3.0, it's revving at a, a quality 7,000 RPMs, not, you know, grinding away like one of those old push mowers with the rotating blades, which I've also used. And that doesn't work very well. So Manscaped, we love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. The makes proof a great is in gift. the honchos. The honchos use yes. it, so you got to use it. Yeah. Makes a great gift. All right. So, um, okay. Speaking of um, cutting things up. Yeah. Um, let's go Special to the diamond. Radio sec- All right. Let's go to the diamond. You know diamond who's? Cuts. You know who's? Who's uh, called it a career? Good old Tim Tebow oh, of the New York so. Metropolitan. So I want to get his card this year. His minor He's league retired. baseball card this year. And and uh, raise your hand if you knew if you're other than New York Met fans. Raise your hand if you knew that he was still actually playing baseball. So yeah, he's called it a career. And his uh, professional seasons, three professional seasons. Here's his slash line: two twenty three, two ninety nine, three thirty eight, with one hundred and seven runs scored. It's not the worst. 48 doubles, three triples, eighteen home runs, one hundred and seven RBI, and five stolen bases in two hundred eighty seven games. So that that translates to about a season, more than a season and a half. I mean, you know, if he's not Tim Tebow and the fame and 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 visibility he brings to the team, who knows? I don't know how you remember his baseball career, but certainly not as successful as his football career, which wasn't all that successful to begin with. So good luck to him. I assume he'll go back to television. I assume he'll go back to doing football games for the SEC network, um, you know, doing his, his, and I don't mean this as a joke. He's very much uh, into his religion, into charity, does good works. Um, I'm sure he'll be out spreading the gospel and spreading the gospel of football. I, I'm, I'm sure he's not going to do anything with baseball uh, either on TV or, you know, on the field. I think he'll go back to calling football games for the SEC network, but who knows? Look, 
He's a handsome, charming man, whatever he wants to do. Hey, maybe he'll do Manscaped commercials as we continue to give them some extra love on the show, Graham. Whatever wow. he does, we wish him luck. It was right. an interesting, it was, it was fun to watch, and now it's over. I, I just don't think you're understanding the saddest part about this story, which is. Please illuminate me. I'm not sure they're crying. Any crack He's not going to play. It's another sad story no, for the amazing the, Mets fans. I don't think Mets fans are shedding Ted a lot of Tebow. tears for Double T. It's World not going to be playing at City Field. Neither am I. The juggernaut. I, I, they're, they're probably more upset that I'm not going to play at City Field than Tim Tebow <laughs> is not going to play at City Field. Maybe I'll take a tour. Right Buddy, now. have you no... Love for our amazing Met fans. Have I do. That's sad, a, this is a, this is a good story. day. Somebody get Pat Sakura on the phone. Ask him if it's a good day or a bad day. Pat is under his bed crying right now. No. He has Tim Tebow Mets jerseys that he had planned to wear at City Field. Uh, you know what? I would like to go to a Mets game this year in City Field with a, a Tim Tebow jersey. That's what we're doing, buddy. All right, we're going to do a, a live, do I'm a going. live Honchos remote outside of City Field <laughs> wearing our Tim Tebow jerseys. Uh, Greeting people as they come up the concourse. We're oh. thinking about you guys, the amazing Mets oh, fans. We'll do a special Bobby Bonilla Day broadcast. Yes. Now you're talking, see? Just see? for Mets fans everywhere These wearing our nice. Tim Tebow jerseys. These are the How things great. I'm looking forward to with, you know, capacity coming back to the stadiums here, which is still later on in this program, not right now. So Maybe. is um, Fernando Tatis, 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 however you want to pronounce his last Fernando name. Fernando Tatis Tots? Yes. Um, <laughs> is he going to lend some money to Tim? So he, he, he's, he, he could send he, him I, a loan. He has, he has a lot of it, but it's slightly less. Then, if you recall, news we broke right here on the Sports Honchos last week that he signed that if you were thirteen along. year, fourteen year, three hundred forty million dollar contract, which is now slightly less. He's going to get slightly less money than he did. He was going to get a week ago. By the way, if you're wondering, and I know you are, um, that fourteen year, three hundred forty million dollar contract. Next this year, he's going to make a million dollars. Next year, five million, seven million. Oh, it's not until 2025 that he starts to make, and I'll put this in quotes because it's a lifetime of money for most normal people, real money at $20 million. But it's funny that he signs this huge contract and he's going to make uh, $23 million over the next four years. And then, then it really ramps up. But the story is that $340 million is now slightly lighter because apparently when he was a teenager – Playing single A baseball, old Fernando Tatis Jr. He signed a contract with Big League Advance, which is a firm that invests in young athletes. This firm spreads its investments across dozens of athlete prospects, giving them upfront cash in exchange for a percentage of their future earnings. So it's 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 they're they're taking out a they're they're making an investment in these players and yes. saying whatever we're going to give you money now and you just give us X percent of your earnings. Sounds over. like a bad record company contract. Yeah, it it's really is. It's the worst contract ever. So 
uh, players like Tatis agree to give up anywhere between 1% and 12% of future MLB earnings. The typical deal is 8%. Now, this firm, uh, Big League Advance, has not stated what the percentage is. It applies only to major league earnings and not endorsements. But if, according to uh, marketwatch.com, if you go with the 8%, which generally speaking is what most players agree to, uh, Fernando Tatis, thanks to this advance from Big League Advance, owes them $27.2 million. No word on how much the advance was, but just to give you some perspective, uh, they spread out – in 2017, when he was lent this money, uh, Big League Advance spread out $26 million amongst 77 minor league players. They're going to get all of that back and then some just from Tatis. Wow. So not sure what the circumstances were. I mean, look, it's a great deal if you're a young kid coming up in baseball because well, if the, your future – Does that explain future, why he took this statue contract? He must have known this, right, going ahead? I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds like he's just as surprised as anybody else. Um, I don't know. But the, but it's I'll tell you, if you're big league advance of those 77 major league players, I'm sure that 76 of them are probably not going to get the $340 million contract. So if they say we'll take 5% of your future earnings and you're you know, a guy who never makes it out of the minors, like our friend Tim Tebow, they, then they're the ones to take a bath. They happen to get lucky. Again, one player – it pays them back all of that 2017 investment with a couple of shekels left over. And by the way, the, the Padres are going to be the only team in baseball where the left side of their infield consists of two guys making with $300 million plus contracts. So well, <laughs> Padres that, fans better missed, hope that they win yeah, soon because that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of money. So, I mean, at the end of the day, should we really be aghast at no. something like this? But I don't want to hear baseball owners, especially those out west in L.A. and San Diego, saying, well, we can't afford to do whatever. Can't afford to fill in something they're taking away from the players here. The landscape of the MLB is going to be very interesting to watch here over the next few years. And they might not even play next year, as we've alluded to this on previous Hancho shows. But I am still the MLB bank is massive. It's it really is. It's massive. You know, I, I it's So the only thing I was saying, like I said, he get he takes this you can't tell me, I mean, I know this report just came out, but I'm thinking maybe this guy knew cuz it, it's a it's a you know, it's a 14-year contract. So it's almost like I'm just I'm just playing devil. Like I I don't know the, the the full details of how he went and signed this, but you know from the outside looking in, and now this story breaking, it's almost like you know what, I got some debt. I know I have to pay some people, mm-hmm. so the contract that I'm going to sign here, or the contract that I negotiate, not only takes care of my fa- financially, you know, in the immediate, but it's long term, and I know there's a breakdown of how he begins to get paid and so on and so forth. But it's a bucket of money. But maybe because he turned around and he asked for the, you know, he says he wants to play there for the rest of his career. He says, let me have a lifetime contract, and he gets it. There's a possibility here. You might find out this guy's got debt somewhere else, too. It just seems like a very weird kind of contract, you know? Well, yeah, and I, I there's obviously what you're saying is true. He could have done it with the fact that he has this debt 
in mind. But also, he's looking at, you know, he's 22. He has guaranteed money for 14 years. He's going to be a young man, possibly still able to get another contract when this one is over. But he sees the landscape of baseball, which is once guys hit 30, you know, the big money contracts have started to dry up. That used to be contracts for lifetime achievement awards. Yeah. You know, guys that were older got big contracts mm-hmm. for what they did when they were in their prime. Now it's, you know, players are coming up younger. There's no more Wade Boggs coming up when he's 25 years old. Um, these guys are coming up as teenagers. You know, you look at Tatis, you look at Juan Soto in D.C. and so on. And they're like, look, we're going to give you a huge contract now. Take what you can get because once you get to your 30s, you know, the Albert Pujols deals aren't coming back anytime soon. I think baseball learned its lesson. A, a guy who's going to walk into the Hall of Fame <laughs> yeah, and lessons. No, I'm saying giving guys, money that over old, giving guys that are that old a big contract. He's, you know, 41. He's in the last year of that contract. Mm-hmm. So I think that might have played a part in it too. So it's uh, whatever it is, it doesn't take a lot of convincing when someone says to a 22-year-old kid, would you like $340 million guaranteed dollars for the next 14 years? Yes, please. Whatever the motivations are, you know, uh, the old bird in the hand analogy, right? It's better to know what you have than to hope for the best later. Well, I'll tell you who won't be approved anymore. Big baseball contracts is Mr. Kevin Mather or Mather or Matter. Yeah, How do you pronounce I, his name, Mr. Cooney? Up you in pronounce Seattle? it. You're, his name is pronounced. You're fired. That's that's how yes. it's pronounced. Although he resigned. He was not fired by Seattle. Look, I I don't know what to think of this guy. He, he he said a bunch of stupid things at a Rotary Club dinner on February the 5th that well, came out. Probably a lot of people who <laughs> spend money at Ivy League clubs were. And, it's you know, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the stuff that he said, uh, you know. What did he say, Rob? Come on. First, let's, he, first let's, he apologized, the then he resigned. Let's go. Okay. So let me just say at the outset, did he did he slur anybody? No. Did he did he? make any disparaging comments about somebody's gender or religion or sexual orientation. No. He said uh, about one of his pitchers in talking about having to pay an interpreter $75,000 for uh, his pitcher, his, his Sashi Iwakuma. Well done, Robert. I would Thank you. Butch- I would have butchered that. All right. So who had a translator? Cause you know, he's from Japan, didn't speak much English. And he said, Quote, his English was terrible. He said, wonderful human being, his English was terrible. He wasn't just saying that because he felt like talking about it. He was talking about how as soon as he told his pitcher, uh, Iwakuma, that he was paying an interpreter $75,000 a year, he said all of a sudden Iwakuma's English got much better (laughs) because he felt bad that he was paying an interpreter that much money. He said about uh, minor league outfielder Julio Rodriguez, he has a personality bigger than all of you combined. He is loud. His English is not tremendous. Now, wasn't saying he's a bad person. Neither one of these guys were bad people because their English wasn't good. If their English isn't good, it sounds to me like it's just a fact. He wasn't saying that baseball players were terrible. These these players were terrible people because they're not real Americans or they should learn to speak the language or get the f out of the country. He's just saying, look, this is it's like saying you know their hair their hair is brown. They're six feet tall. He's just stating some facts. I mean. You know, would I have would I have personally said those things? Eh, knowing the climate, probably not. But I don't, I don't know that those are slurs, and I'll put that in quotes, that rise the level of being asked to, to resign. And then he also talked about something that every baseball team does now. Every team, except they don't actually talk about it like Mather did. He said, 
He believed that top prospects uh, Jared Kalenic and Logan Gilbert likely will not start the season with the, Ma- the Mariners as a way to manipulate their major league service time and keep them under club control longer. Every team plays that game. That's what, And by the way, that's how the collective bargaining agreement is written. The players agreed to when the service time starts to kick in. This is not a one-way street. In the collective bargaining agreement, they've agreed that when you know the clock starts ticking on Major League service time. He also said that longtime third baseman Kyle Seager would be a future Mariners Hall of Famer, but also was overpaid. I mean, you could say that about a lot of players. It's odd to say that on your own players, especially since you're the team that's overpaid him. But these are the things he said. I don't know. There's nothing in here that says to me, oh, my God, this guy has to go. Cancel culture, baby. Cancel culture. It's, 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 Get him out of there. What, what the problem with that is. Did you just compliment that, my wife's dress? Fire his ass. Yeah. Get him out. Things, things that are truly offensive get lost in the shuffle. They get lost in the sauce, as they say, about with things like this. I don't know that anything in there. Again, I would, if it was me, I probably would have stayed away from the, the language thing. But he wasn't saying it as something negative, as a slur, as a, you know, you know, the old trope of, you know, if you can't speak the language, get the fuck out of the country. He wasn't saying that. Not at all. You know, in fact, part of it was just an amusing anecdote that as soon as this pitcher felt bad about the money that was being spent for the interpreter, all of a sudden you need the interpreter. Well, you know, it's a it's a delightful story over a few cocktails at the Rotary Club. Okay, so with with all yeah. that you, that you just said, okay. Yes, sir. Now I'm, I'm gonna, in trouble. I'm going to now read. <laughs> I'm going to now read uh, what the Rotary Club, what they do. No way. Okay. I'm going to apologize in advance to all Rotary Club members. <laughs> no, who think though, no, just but think of all the stuff <laughs> that you just said, right? That he said. Okay. All okay. right. Our mission: we provide service to others, no promote way. integrity. And advance world understanding. Wait, hold on, hold on. Go go back and read that mission statement again, but take each each part of it slowly. Go back and read it again. You ready? Our mission. (laughs) Yes. We provide service to others, promote integrity, and advance world understanding, goodwill, and peace through our fellowship of business, professional, and community leaders. Oh, hold on. There you Buddy. go. One more. Now, now you understand why he got, you know, now we understand why he's got to go. You can't be making even those of the least offensive comments at a Rotary Club when that's your mission statement. I know, but it's, it's, uh, it, uh, again, I personally, if it was me, Old Rob Cuny talking to the Rotary Club. God knows what. God knows why I'd be at the Rotary Club making any kind of a speech except to say, I'm sorry, uh, is this the, you know, the, the Schoenfeld bar mitzvah? Oh, that's the, that's the next reception hall. Otherwise, if I'm making a speech there, I, I don't know who Schoenfeld is. I just made up that name. Not former Caps coach Jim Schoenfeld, not Jewish. Um, I wouldn't have said those things, but I don't know that it's, it, it rises to the level of this guy's got to go. But I guess, you know, in 2021 – it does. Maybe everybody who's asked to say anything should just say his name, rank, and serial number and sit down. <laughs> yeah, and that's just a general – that's usually yeah. a general summary for um, Rotary Clubs in general. The one mm-hmm. I just read was one for like an international one. You know what I'm saying? Right. But there's a mission yeah. behind it, and there's usually a statement, and you know, there's usually you know, 
you, there's, you're expected to walk a certain line. <laughs> I guess so. Well, you know, you know, my, here's the other thing. If you have a position, you know, there are what, 30 major league baseball teams and you have one of the 30 presidencies. It's, it's like gold in your pocket. I probably say as little as possible and every day go, oh, I dodged another bullet. I'm not talking to people. You know, these jobs are precious. Dude, so people with money and take care of them more. Like I said, it's hard for people to shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, we have uh, our lovely Atlanta Hawks wife and LeBron there a couple of weeks. Yeah. We've talked about people who are huge stars and you know, you could even ask Tiger today, why was Tiger driving today? Why didn't Tiger have a driver driving? I, I was today? I was just having this the same conversation with Grace last night. I said, if you make millions of dollars, billions of dollars, you are a worldwide celebrity, and you like to party and do other stuff and drink. And not that Tiger was impaired again; he wasn't impaired, wasn't drunk, nothing. But if you like to, if you enjoy the nightlife, as the song goes, if you like to boogie. God, am I showing my age? Wow. Uh, I would hire a driver. Why? It's not like you can't afford it. Just say you're going to drive me around, and even if you're sitting in your car for hours or I'm at some club, get a driver. Be like the Dukes in trading places. Yes. Get yourself a driver and a nice car. Except without the racism and yeah, you know, don't be a insensitivity. Don't, not that part. Don't be a fucking part racist. Where they have a driver. But, <laughs> you know, they were fucking racist, but, you know, they had a driver. Such a good drive movie, there, but racist. It's really just an awful, awful premise. But <laughs> the, the part where they had a, a limo driver, who I believe was uh, either the limo driver, or the butler was our friend from Raiders of the Lost Ark, Marcus Brody, same actor, Denholm Elliott, mm-hmm. the late great Denholm Elliott. Thank you. That's the first Denholm Elliott reference on this show. Yeah, speaking of after Indiana, twenty-one episodes. Yeah, I was watching some Indiana the other day. Kali they had Ma, a marathon. Kalima will the, rule the world. On the Paramount Network, they had a marathon. All four movies. You can stop after the third one. Yes. yes. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yes. Yikes! What a nightmare. Kind of and they're coming out with a fifth one. Hooray! Right. Hurry right. up before Harrison Ford is ninety. Yes. All right. Wow. I didn't think we were going to be playing this. No. I thought the football season was over. I thought we had enough of Tom Brady in Champa Bay. But it seems like Rob wants to talk some more National Mediocrity League yep. during this offseason. Take remember, it away. Remember Mr. I Cutie. said I said at the beginning of the show, Graham, it was bombshell week for our local teams. For you it was, you know, the boys blue, the Rangers. For me it was the Wolfskins, and I was happy because I know you love it when oh. I say that. Pains me every time you say that. I can't wait till they come up so, with a name, and I hope they called the Sissy Marys. That's one of the stories that I have here. Three things popped up on the Wolfskin landscape just since Monday, which is you know two days ago. One, uh, and speaking of the Wolfskins, according to uh, the Washington Football Team themselves. This is from uh, Pro Football Talk. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. The Washington football team will have a proper football team name again eventually. On Tuesday, the organization launched a website that will chronicle the team's search for a new name, WashingtonJourney.com, which allows fans to submit their own ideas for a new name for the franchise. Translation, it'll be disaster. So 2021, they'll still be the woofed. 
Okay, and it's I'll awesome. still be calling the Wolfskins at least for another year. It's awesome. Story, story number two. Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. Great story. One of the best stories in sports in a long time. Comes back from basically being on death's doorstep and possibly losing his leg to starting six games for the Wolfskins and leading them into the playoffs this year. He's angry because all the talk around D.C. has been, you know, thanks, Alex. We, we love you for what you did, but you're not owed anything, and we have to move on because, quite frankly, you can't play 16 games. So the comeback was great. Loved it. Going to be a great movie. Get out. Don't hold the team hostage. Retire, whatever it is. And he's a very nice person who says nothing bad about anybody. But in an interview with GQ, he finally came out and said, look, when I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench into the team's plans. They didn't see it. I didn't didn't want me there, didn't want me a part of it, didn't want me to be on the team, the roster, didn't want to give me a chance. Mind you, it was a whole new regime. They came in. I'm like the leftovers, and I'm hurt, and I'm this liability. Heck no, they didn't want me there. At that point, as you can imagine, everything I'd been through, I couldn't have cared less about all that. Whether you like it or not, I'm giving this a go at this point. So he's basically lashing out and saying, this comeback story, what makes it even more impressive is the fact that they didn't want me. And if you listen to Coach Rivera talk since the season has ended, he's lukewarm at best on bringing him back. And, you know, when you, when all the talk is we're looking for your replacement and they were all in on the Matt Stafford trade, Alex Smith is like, I know I'm, I'm out of here. And if there is any doubt about him coming back to the team after he's blown them up like this in GQ, I think we've seen the last – of Alex Smith in the burgundy and gold of the Wooft skins. You know what? Again, he had a great run, but he can't play 16 games. He was immobile, and we can't – we don't owe him anything. I hate to be so harsh. It was great. It was wonderful seeing him out there. God bless him. You played. You showed everybody you can do it. Now go be with your family. Retire. Watch your kids grow up. Take care of your leg because the next time, if anything happens to it, that's probably the end of it. Your leg, I mean, not your career. I just, it's, it, it's like he was this pot of water that was boiling over, and he finally got a chance to say, hey, everybody, this team didn't want me. They can go fuck themselves. I'm the comeback player of the year. So that was the big. Then the last big story is Uncle Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Head of Amazon is going to be stepping down at the end of the year as head of Amazon has said he would like to buy a minority stake in the Washington Wolfskins. And I say whatever I can do to make that happen, you know, he wants to buy out the minority stakes, the minority shares in the team. Little Danny Snyder was 40 percent. His family owns 20 percent. And then these three dopes, Rothman, Shar and Smith own Another 40%. So Bezos wants to come in and buy out their shares. Um, it's a developing story, as they say, but he's serious about coming in. I say, great. I don't care I don't care who comes in to buy this team as long as he gets majority interest. Because if he buys the minority share, he's still not – the little general himself, Danny Snyder, still in control. But this is, this is our Super Bowl here in Washington. Somebody else coming in, a powerful figure, a much more powerful billionaire than Dan Snyder coming in, and that's how it starts. First, you buy the minority shares, then you push the family out, and you throw Dan Snyder over a cliff, send him off to his yacht, and bring and some respectability Washington back. Washington Amazons will be taking on the hey, New York Giants that's fine. this I'm Sunday. Ha- 
if if naming them the Amazons means Jeff Bezos is in charge, and I know the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, but here's what I do know and what all of us fans know. Snyder out, Bezos in means we finally get a new stadium. We finally get to move out of that outpost in Landover, Maryland, known as you know FedEx Field, and play in a place that's actually accessible and fan-friendly and people like to attend. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's a, again, it's a developing story, but hey, whatever I can do, Jeff, Jeff, if you're listening, I'm here for you. Whatever I, you need me to do to get this to happen, I got a few bucks in my pocket. It's all yours. No interest. Now, will not, you have to be not like, a not like a, big league advance. Will you have to be a prime member to get tickets to this? See the I team? already am a prime member. Oh, See, okay. come on, Jeff. I just want to make sure. That's I'm a prime member. Okay. Call them the Washington Primes. Whatever. I don't care. Don't care. Change the colors. Maybe put that Amazon smiley face on the helmets. Don't care. Just come and save our team, Jeff. And he's a handsome bald man like this guy. Whoa. See, it all makes sense. You see, folks, and I know our Honcho's fans are getting smarter and smarter with every episode. And they know CUNY's act at this point right now. It's all about the skull. Skull. The dome. Money Money and skull. Yes. So. It's all about dome maintenance. Hey, look, man, I, I wish the best right. for your Washington football club. You know, I hope everything works out with, um, you know, Alex, and he seems like you don't like him, and you want to send him on his way. No, no. Uh, no, no, I, I no. I can, I can sense the the loathing it's, and the hatred for that kid. We have to move no, on, I, you, you want him to move on, making up stuff about his career and his leg and all that stuff. You just want him out of there. And... Uh, <laughs> If you if, look, even Ray Charles can see that Alex Smith is not the future in Washington. Sorry, Ray Charles is no longer with us. Oh man, no longer signing autographs. I apologize, Stevie Wonder. I should have said. So new quarterback, <laughs> new name, and new owner on the horizon. Exactly. Down. Great. And and Rob also wants a new stadium. By the way, folks, this oh. just in. Every so, fan, every 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 Wolfskin Santa fan Claus, wants a new stadium. Santa Claus, if you're listening, Rob has a big list this year. Well, Bezos would build it himself. It wouldn't cost the, uh, the Maryland, Virginia, no, or D.C. any money. He would pay people a little, very little money to build. He would pay it all on Amazon gift cards. <laughs> exactly. He would bring the mayor or the governor, if it's wherever it's, whether D.C. or Maryland or Virginia. Here's a stack of Amazon gift cards. Not only are we a football stadium. But that's your package rolling by there in Section yeah. 323 as we are also an Amazon Fulfillment Center. That's what he's going to do. He's going to knock out He's going to knock out two birds with one stone. He's going to have the first football-slash-fulfillment center wow. in the world. Wow. Think of what he could do. In fact, that would be Think a great way to get seats to the game. Think of this. Right. Want to go see the, the Washington Football Club? Become a prime member? Bring a pair of gloves. Stamp a few boxes for us. Right. That'd be brilliant. That is a brilliant idea. Look, they already have HQ2 or whatever they call it in oh, Arlington. Oh, man. Why not build the stadium next door and say, here's what you do. You come on game day. You process a few packages. We'll give you the handsome brown uniform and the shorts in the summertime, long pants in the winter. And then you stroll over to the game in the nosebleed section, of course. We save the, the best seats for our corporate sponsors. And, you, you know, you get to... Help America, you know, order its stuff off Amazon, and you get to watch a football game. 
Things are looking up down in the D.C. area, I tell you. Maybe they'll change the uniform Things are changing. I'm, I'm happy for it. If, January if, 20th, if, things, are just turn, th- things are just turning around down in D.C. I'll take it if it means we have a new owner. All right, buddy. So, well, look, we got to fast forward because we're running out of time here on the hot shows. Is it we the DOT never, dubs? We never, ever do a hot show show without doing our favorite segment. It's time! That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's right. The Gags Gang and I, you remember them, spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week. Use the hashtag... D-O-T-W on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? That's right. You know him, you love him, you love his voice. Joe Buck, lead play-by-play voice for the NFL and Major League Baseball on Fox. Way to go, Joe! Last week, Buck appeared on Colin Coward's podcast and was asked about how he and color analyst Troy Aikman developed their on-air chemistry for NFL games. And I will use the word chemistry loosely. Buck's answer quickly detoured into a discussion of being relaxed on the air with the help of some adult beverages. Let's hear what Buck had to say. Splash of Grand Marnier and grapefruit juice. I went through a couple of years where in the first inning of every postseason baseball game, I had the runner go get the biggest beer that the stadium sold. And I had it sitting there and I would sip it from time to time to remind myself to relax and have fun. I'm just doing a game. And I brought that over to football, but because Troy is a man of finer tastes, beer uh, <laughs> somehow became tequila, Grand Marnier and grapefruit juice. We haven't done it in a long time now, but it was good for a stretch. And I feel like it's a good mental trigger to just chill and remind yourself that you're not refueling an F-16 in mid-flight. You're doing a sporting event, and if you treat it like anything other than that, you're doing yourself a disservice. Now, as an aside, I, for one, have never confused calling an NFL game sober or otherwise with refueling an F-16. As you can imagine, this... Do you have a volunteer for any military service at all? No. No, but I've (laughs) watched a lot of military movies. What a dope! As you can imagine, this clip and the accompanying overreaction of media outlets everywhere went viral almost immediately after the podcast dropped. Within hours, Buck and, to a lesser extent, Aikman were painted as a couple of frat boys getting drunk and calling a football game. As an aside, I think a couple pops during a game would actually be beneficial to Aikman since he has all the charm and charisma of tapioca pudding. But I digress. Now, look, I am not against Buck or Aikman or any live performer having a few cocktails if it takes the edge off and helps them overcome nerves, anxieties, whatever. Buck allegedly turning the booth at Fox into a booze cruise is not why he is the DOTW. No, Buck is this week's winner for the way he lost his mind on social media by fighting one firestorm with his own firestorm. Buck put out a string of not one, not two, not three, but seven tweets to defend himself while asserting that he did not have to defend himself. It took longer to read War and Peace than it took to read the Joe Buck Twitter magnum opus. Uh, if you want to hear a dramatic reading of all seven tweets, you can call me after the show at 911. But I will allow Hades from the great movie Hercules to sum up the Joe Buck Twitter storm. He puke. 
or not to puke. That's that wasn't, it. That wasn't quite the clip that I was waiting That's for. That's what but, you said. Okay. That must have been the ad. So, yeah. Hold Buck on. Went, hold on. We're holding. There you go. Can we hear that one more time? <laughs> really? Do you want to do it one more time? If possible. Yeah? You really want to do that one more time? Yes. The fates are here and you didn't tell me! I know! You know. I know. I got it. I got the concept. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you a screenshot of what order you have that in, in your email to me, buddy. Thank you. Oh, you're done. <laughs> You know, we just we talked about it before the show. Anyway, back to the, the, the charming dope of the week this week. So, yeah, Buck went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs with the tweets. But by the time he cooled down, it was too late to take back the tweets. Instead of just ignoring the situation or laughing it off, Buck went elbows deep into William Jennings' Bryan land as he defended himself with 100 words when 10 would have done the trick. As I said, I will not read the tweets verbatim, but we can play defensive TV celebrity bingo when I summarize them, get out your game pieces, kids. Here we go. So the first tweet was, and I'll probably read this one so you can hear how it starts. I don't tweet much anymore, but I feel compelled to send a few about this dumb drinking in the booth story that is complete clickbait. Also, me giving it more attention is moronic on my part, but so what? So there's the first. Don't look at it. Nothing to see here, folks. That's the first one on the bingo card. The second tweet, he's defensive about his job integrity. His third tweet, build up the character and defend his partner, Troy Aikman. Another spot in the bingo board. The fourth and fifth tweets were cockamamie excuses as to why there was beer in the booth. Two pieces of bingo board. Number six, he defends himself as an open person. No secrets that he keeps from his audience. And finally, in the seventh tweet, and my personal favorite, what does everyone do when they're backed into a corner? Blame the media and scold us all for being interested, that fills up your defensive TV celebrity bingo card. Now, Buck would have been better served if he had gone with the approach taken by noted diplomat Pooter the Clown. Yes, that's his name. I had to look it up. In the fabulous movie Uncle Buck, no relation. He should have owned it like this guy. In the clip, Buck is Pooter, and the tut-tutters on social media are Uncle Buck, played by the late, great John Candy. And now, another clip. I'm Puda, the clown. Put it there. We are high. Kids will love that. I didn't order you. My sister-in-law did. She's not here right now. I'm looking after the... I'm the uncle. Buck Russell's the name. Right, great. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm uh, late. Uh, I was at this all-night bachelorette party. Hey, you need any dildo jokes? <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> what, did you, what did you have? A few drinks this morning? Huh? Like I think you did, didn't you? What are you, Mother Cabrini? You never touch this stuff? No, 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 but I, I, I wouldn't be drinking if I was going to entertain some kids. Hey, I don't have to take any shit from you. You know who I am? In the field of local live home entertainment. Oh, my God! Get in your mouse and get out of here. Hey, uh, let me tell you something, you low-life lion, four-flushing sack of shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Two Joe shot Buck. Monty. Yes, so Joe Buck, for turning a humorously awkward situation into a cringeworthy trip through the dark world of self-analysis, for not realizing that anything you say can and will be used against you when you defend yourself when no one has asked you to defend yourself, and for making Twitter less digestible than the Magna Carta, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Joe. Your certificate is in the mail. Way to go, Joe! Fucking dope! Any chance to play an Uncle Buck clip, it's a good day. Yes, uh, brilliant stuff, my friend. Brilliant stuff. But we we will have a PR meeting uh, with the upstairs people, and we'll 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 figure out why the order was not in the order was supposed to be there. We work very. Rob works very very hard on the DOTW, and I can just he's he's turning red right now in anger. Okay, no, not like no, no, no. It's (laughs) no, it's it's going to be a long post show. Yes. Debacle here. There's going to be some, you know. But rest assured, next week I'll be back and better than ever with the video clips, if there are any, in the right order. Oh. Oh. There's a mea culpa there for you. For everybody's following us on Twitter, there will be some proof that will be tweeted out amongst (laughs) the masses. (laughs) Hey, I blame the Gags Gang. Remember, it's me and the Gags Gang. Always (laughs) I'm going to pass along the savings. Let's oh, we don't let them out of the basement of the Go Sports Media Complex. Work. <laughs> Put those clips in order. Don't make me tell you twice. Hey, look. <laughs> we're very close to perfect here every week. Sometimes it doesn't happen. No. But live radio. Gets That's right. Live. Exactly. We'll, How many people we'll are doing live in, radio right now? Yeah, we'll clean it up in post-production. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe. But possible. Well, buddy, another great show. Another great sports honchos. Is in the books. Once again, we thank all of you for downloading, listening, sharing, retweeting, telling your friends, telling your aunts and uncles, tell your dogs, tell everybody about the sports honchos. So until next week, we will be back here with more great commentary on the week that was in sports. So on behalf of Manscaped and the sports, Go Sports Media Company, me and Robin like to say thank you very much. So with that said, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cufford from the great state of New York saying goodnight and Rob. As always, please say good evening to the folks. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for the yucks. Thanks for listening. Shout out to Manscaped. Shout out to our pals up north at DeanBlundell.com. And as always, rate, review, subscribe, comment, flowers, candy, whatever you want to send us is appreciated. And as always, peace. Honchos out! Woo!